I just enjoy fashion. Like I can't let go of one. You know, I enjoy costume design from that like sort of storytelling um, perspective and collaborative space because you get to work with other people. But I also enjoy fashion, although you're doing it pretty much alone from this like point of like sort of like creating from nothing. I just sometimes, yeah, I'm just like, oh, those earrings, that's interesting. Or that like one detail, like why that necklace, you know? Or that tattoo, like why there? I clearly love it and I clearly miss it. Didn't realize it, but I do. <laughs> Welcome to the Theatre Art Live podcast. And hello, we're putting the spotlight on those who create live entertainment around the globe. The culture creators, the backstage masters. My name is Anna Aguilera. And my name is Anna Rob. Today we are talking to Mutukoso Guzanina Kineni about costume design. Mutukoso is a South African costume and production designer. She holds an MFA in design for stage and film at NYU Tisch School of the Arts and a fashion design qualification from Instituto Marangoni in London. Her experiences living in New York City and London combined with her South African cultural heritage have afforded her with a unique design sensibility and the ability to adapt to and be flexible in any working environment and culture. She also acquired a passion for creating combined with a pragmatic approach to design as a result of her undergraduate Bachelor of Commerce degree majoring in economics, business, finance and law from the University of Witwatersrand in Johannesburg, South Africa. Ntokoso believes in the power of the imagination and believes that films and theater are the representation of the collaborative power of the imaginations of the crew involved. Subsequently, she enjoys collaborating with artists of diverse backgrounds to create new and unique stories and perspectives. Hello, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> It's so wonderful to have you here. We'd like you to just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into your career as a costume and production designer. Sure. So I'm born and raised here in South Africa. I went to school here, um, but during that time, I sort of discovered that I had this interest in in clothing. Um, and then when I got to high school, I did a theater, did some theater class. Um, where you primarily act, but for my final um, project, I decided to design the costumes for a show that my um, one of my friends was directing at another school. So I think that's where like the sort of love for storytelling started, as well as this using clothing as like this medium to contribute to that storytelling. But when I finished high school, uh, you know, coming from South Africa, it's slightly. Uh, slightly conservative uh, my father said you know you have to study what he considered a proper degree so lucky for him I had always wanted to be a lawyer since I was a child so I went to um, university to do this uh, business degree uh, in finance economics and law but the way it works here in South Africa is that you do you can do your undergrad it's I guess similar to the U.S. where you do, you do your undergrad in one thing and then after that you go to law school but you take some law classes while you're in your undergrad so once I finished my undergrad my father then said okay you've given us what we asked for what would you like to do so I then went to study fashion in London um, at the school Instituto Marangoni and while I was there I met my history of arts and history of costume lecturer who um, had actually wanted to be a costume designer herself uh, at some stage. And so she introduced me to this, this concept that actually, you know, it's, it's a very different thing to just um, doing fashion. But I think also while I was at fashion school, it was the right place for me. But I also found that I was 
bringing a lot of narrative like ideas to my collections like it was narrative inspiration there's always like a story to to how I was um, creating a collection so um, once I finished I came back to South Africa worked at a, at a magazine here at a business magazine incidentally um, here in South Africa that had a fashion component to it but it was just like not quite inspiring me creatively so then I you know I thought well I'd wanted to do this costume design thing let me just let's look up like what the best um, schools are um, and so I found NYU and Yale um, in the U.S. and thought well what do I have to lose um, you know the worst that can happen is they say no I figure out another plan so I applied for grad school at NYU and Yale and yeah and lucky enough ended up uh, getting the fellowship to go to NYU so that was the obvious choice and yeah and it was yeah having looked back since it was definitely the right uh, decision and, and I think also the beautiful thing about NYU, Yale, the sort of New York schools is that they create a kind of a network, a sort of like family community that then helps you um, as you enter the industry, you, are, you know, you end up assisting uh, the people that, that have taught you um, and things like that, that then introduce you to the theater spaces out there. So that was what helped me then yeah, start my career um, in, the, in the U.S. I mean, were you always a creative person? And, and where did the idea of fashion and costume become something that you were interested in? So as far as always, I think I definitely by like the age of 12, I think as I was coming into myself, I started yeah, gaining this interest in, in fashion. So whenever my, my parents would travel, I would ask them to bring me back, you know, the, the U like teen magazine, all of these um, these international publications where I would see, you know, the fashion spirits there. And then I would try and recreate the looks that I saw in um, in those magazines with my own wardrobe. Um, so I guess like that idea of firstly, the, the fashion, the love for the fashion, obviously coming from the magazines and seeing that. But I think then trying to recreate it, right? That idea from something, trying to recreate it with something I have or trying to recreate it with something, other things that I could find in the streets, probably what then helped me get into the idea of costume, but definitely theatre in itself and that idea of storytelling. I think being introduced to theatre in high school and primarily South African theatre, I think that's also just important. We did a lot of like the history of South African theatre and protest theatre. And so that definitely, yeah, just piqued some sort of interest um, in me. I did art too, but I didn't, didn't take that through high school, which I think also, you know, I, I, I always had this love for like drawing. I used to take my, my brother used to love comic books probably still does now um, so I used to take his comic books and try and redraw some the, some of the characters um, in his comics so I think definitely yeah as as far as long as I could pick up a pen or yeah uh, create stuff then then yeah when I gained that ability I definitely I think I've always had the creative bug <laughs> I'm curious about the South African theater and the protest theater you mentioned can you tell us a little bit about it during uh, apartheid, one of the things that people were able to use, and I think that it seems to be what happens, I guess, in all over the world when you have to you have to fight for something, there was a development in art being used as a form of a form of protest, right? So one of our biggest, I think, exports as a playwright um, is Ethel Fugard, who um, you know in the seventies was writing all of these plays about about South Africa and the circumstances at the time. So I think that helped also to. I mean, not in, obviously, there were bigger ways that helped in order to, to change the tide, but I think it helped to at least 
spread the message around what was happening. So I think, you know, theatre, in terms of like also the work that I like to do, it's it's stuff that has a message, stuff that like helps to educate and communicate to people. So I think protest theatre back then was one of those things that like helps to get the message and educate um, the populace. It's also just an interesting space of, you look at some of these productions, even some of the way they were like done when I was in high school, even if these, some of these plays were done, written or made in like the 70s and how then they would like get reproduced in like the, the 90s when I was in high school. There's also this um, this interesting thing of like not necessarily having like all of the means or the resources, right? And the creativity that comes out of that. So so that was also like just something inspiring and interesting to me. But then also the just in general Again, like in terms of the work that I like to do, it is, you know, the work of, I don't want to use the, the word of like underrepresented, but like the sort of like marginalized voices, right? The 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 stories that we don't usually get the opportunity to um, to hear. And I think also then that, that idea that like protest theater in the time of apartheid, you know, you they, they were making, the, like there was, there was a voice that like black people had back then. Yes. No, it's great. I mean, it's a fascinating history, and I, I honestly don't think there's probably enough of that. What we in the global arena that we've seen of that protest art, I'm sure, is probably more from a local perspective. So it would be fascinating to see more of that, um, as it's probably a good representation of culture and history uh, in in your part of the world, right? Our audience generally know what a costume designer is and production designer, but a production designer can vary. Uh, if it's in film or if it's in theater and so tell us in your terms what a production designer does so i mean i i got interested in production design from a film perspective and i sort of realized that again later in in my grads at the late in my grad school career um sort of like in the in my second to last year of grad school and i think what i enjoy about or what I, the way my interest in it came from is the fact that the production designer sort of decides on the entire environment, right, of, 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 the, of the story. So whether that's in um, theater and film. Um, and, so that's, and so I find that like pretty, yeah, pretty interesting, just like not just, not just determining the clothes, but sort of like, yeah, the, the psychology of the, like, the space and, and color and all of that. I mean, I think it's it's starting to become. I think it is kind of like similar, but um, yeah, I think in in the film space, yes, it's the person that like comes in from the beginning, deciding how the look and the feel of the entire film is going to be, and then you kind of, and then I think like the costume designer slots in after that, versus I guess, and then in, where in theater, I guess maybe the production designer is could be considered like the person who deals with the look and feel from all perspectives of like light and costume and um and and set um I, i'm not a I, I have i'm not a lighting designer i actually think it's an amazing language because i don't know how to necessarily speak it but i also am now getting into the production design side of theater i didn't realize that i actually do in, do enjoy um, designing sets because i think whereas in film where you're thinking in like a sort of like 360 like perspective uh, yeah i had more interest of of that than like this more stationary like space but like but i think it's now it's it's now like how i'm more more getting an understanding of it, it is it's actually like deciding on the look and feel of of the story which can happen in theater so i'm now happy to do it in in whatever uh, sort of medium i can <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool I, I like how you start to weave stories 
with your own like what the th the things you do and you've gone through and then you start to incorporate them all together which is pretty nice i wonder if that comes a little bit from your bachelor in economics and commerce the fact that you were interested in the production as a whole and how it works does that have anything to do oh interesting um i yeah i never I never thought about it like that i thought i just always thought like my degree like my finance degree and my economics degree just helped me more with like the administrative side of being in this industry where you have you know as as much as the the creative especially when you're a young designer starting out right um whether you're doing it all yourself or you're assisting you know you have to deal with organization budgets all of these things and so my finance and my economics degree sort of helped me with that and with that from like I guess a more sort of direct perspective but I think like as far as also just being so like I you know obviously not I but I think all of us right when you first get a script you like to dream you like to dream big right you start off with like those those big ideas but I think also like having the the commerce degree has sort of like helped me find other solutions when you don't always have like the resources or the money or just in general, right? You, I think whether you do or don't, you still have to like find like this, those those solutions that like this the thing. So I think it's that also helped me with a kind of like logical thinking, like logical like, approach to to the creative side of of my brain. <laughs> I think it's always very interesting to have somebody who can balance the the practical side of it and the creative side, of, you know, because a lot of people dance on one side very heavily and one uh but i think some of the most skilled people can can create that balance so i mean much admiration that you've done both an economics degree and also an arts degree i think that you've also experienced you know when you talk about storytelling and and what you do creatively you, you come from south africa you've lived in london and you've lived in new york how have those experiences influenced your career and and your work by expanding your vision and exposure to the world so yeah my first time living alone and living abroad was in London and so what that like did for me was also actually understand what it means to be South African right because I lived in South Africa around South Africans yes we've I've, I've traveled and things like that but I think it, it's very different once you like you live somewhere as a foreigner and so it helped actually to push a sort of um, this pride in in being African and being South African. And I think also like my education here in South Africa, it's like obviously with us being, a, a, a having been well, we're part of the Commonwealth, having been a British colony, my education was so English in its, in its nature. So all of, you know, a lot of the books that we read, a lot of the plays that we did, you know, were actually, were actually like Western in perspective, right? So when I got there and I realized how much I actually am foreign and how much I am South African, it then pushed me to actually get more into like African literature and that being like from the continent and not just, um, not just from South Africa. So that like helped me to define, to look to my South Africanness to sort of, yeah, to, to fuel my creativity. Uh, well, but, and also something else about London, I think, was the, the art space is so like diverse and amazing, right? Like you just, you, you go, like any, there's no, I feel like there's no um, sort of like pockets of things, like everyone is just so different. And so that also like, I think, fueled my creativity to say that, hey, you know, you have a voice, you, yeah, you don't have to follow in anything you know in whatever you're seeing you can just do do your thing and it'll be appreciated um and then also like the exposure i think to like uh, to galleries and um and museums and things like that which 
also funnily enough, it's like going to the British Museum and then seeing like, you know, works from the continent out there was just like, wow, that was like majorly inspiring. Messed up, obviously, that they have everybody's stuff out there, but that like also like fuel, like helped to fuel a lot of, um, of like my creativity. And then moving to New York, I, I also like came into myself there. Like it's um, interesting because I think I turned 30, I think, did I turn 30 the year, the second year I was in grad school. So that also like that pivotal sort of like stage in my life of like adulthood, right? Because your 20s, you're not quite like adulting. Now, like 30, you enter in your 30s and you're starting to realize what it actually means to be an adult. And so I feel like my formative adult years were spent um, out there. And then also being in a space like in the U.S., in a space that like different but similar in terms of racial like politics, right, to South Africa. Because whereas in England and in London, it's sort of like it's like this unspoken thing that's like that sits underneath the surface whereas in the u.s and especially in new york city it was very like yeah it's it's very blatant like the conversation and so that also like that was also really great for me to like be around you know like one of my classmates um she's she's this amazing um trans um activist now she's been uh, she's been marching the like been on the streets since george floyd died since those protests like hasn't stopped um, and we were in the same class and, and finding a person like her in my class who was so outspoken about, about race and the things that, you know, that we found, you know, that we found not to be fair um, was really great because then that helped me also like hone my voice and stuff and like made me understand that like, it's okay, like I can speak out. Um, and so, yeah, wow, I feel like I'm, it's, it's a lot, <laughs> it's a lot, but I, um, it just, it, I think New York just like helped me grow and like mature. Um, from an and then from an arts perspective and creative perspective, it like it's just you're in the you know you're in the heart of of like of you know the Broadway's right there, NYU. You're being taught by by all of these people who are you know are winning the Tonys and the Oscars and stuff like that in the industry. Having that kind of like that those kinds of minds like mentor you can only and like encouraging you again to be like the individual like creative that you are is just yeah it's yeah I, I don't know how to put it in, into words but like yeah they all had like these very like positive these re- positive like amazing influences on me that um I don't think I necessarily would have had if I hadn't left South Africa and I think I had to do it to now come back to the space where like South Africa now I think in terms of like the arts and the things that are happening are just like amazing too and so I'm glad that like I got that opportunity to do those things that I did there and come back here and contribute and hopefully because uh, you know we've obviously been it's locked down and we've been we've been stuck but i hope that i can like now come and come back and contribute to like the amazing things that are coming out of here and yeah i just it's it's it like it blows my mind every time i think you know the inter- from the fashion perspective some you know people people showing at european uh, fashion weeks um artists you know what this there's this artist nelson magamo who was on the cover of the times magazine and you know oprah owns his his artwork and so like this is it's just like really exciting to see all of that coming and so i hope like i can also just like contribute um to that space that is super cool and there are very cool things coming out of south africa tell us about then um your work advocating for black stories and black spaces and um, underrepresented groups yeah, so I found, I think, like, after working in theater for uh, for a few years, and obviously not that it was 
maybe like after like two years or so of working um in uh, in after after finishing grad school that I really want to uh, work with 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 black directors black female directors and like on on black stories like while I was in the US and so in I think I sort of like manifested that and then in 2019 I think I ended up then working on a lot of stories that felt important to me and like and the stories that that I wanted to tell you know like one of them was this play called America version 2.1 which is kind of like revisionist idea of um, um, American history where the the performers are kind of like stuck in this um in this like same idea of like slavery but it's it's told it's a it's a near future that we're 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 looking at and so um stories like that like and have just become super important to um to to me and i also like had reached a point i think just before like the lockdown where i was starting to think i'm really grateful and you know, I understand like the privilege that I've had to be able to follow my dream, right? Uh, because not everybody has that option. It's like you have to work to to survive, right? But I was lucky enough that I could follow my dream and somehow make it work. Not always in the best of ways, but I could. I always could pay my rent, right, <laughs> in New York. But at the same time, I sort of like was at this crossroads of, you know, with, I'm doing this art thing, but am I really like making? The change that you know, am I? Does like does theater really like make the impact that it 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 should? Right, because I'm not a lawyer where I'm literally affecting the laws directly and things like that. But you know, I've come to that realization that like there is a contribution that like we're all making to this, and so it's like what I was saying to you about like protest theater is that it it offered like the space of to educate people to communicate the message that needed to be told and maybe and like maybe that is just like the role that you need to play um in this space so i i know that like moving forward i really just do want to be and not just you know i i'm i'm black i'm black south african but i do want to make sure that i'm in these spaces i'm working with people that are also about like advocating for the sort of yeah the underrepresented or the or yeah all the marginalized voices but then also just like on a personal personal level um i do sort of like try to do other things on the other side that aren't related to that aren't necessarily related to the arts to to try and help and i think that though comes from having a mother who is very like service and like community driven right so she just always like does stuff to that contributes back to the township that we're from well she's she married my father so it's not quite weird the township that she's from but where we're from so it's like my father's side of the family so you know she she does stuff to help out with this with the school the school that my my grandfather was the principal of and is now named after him that's back there and so I know that like I want to get involved with them somehow and I want I know that like I'd like to bring also this I like the arts to to them and make them also like understand that there there are like other routes that you other parts that you can take right for myself growing up who's had like all of the who's had like all of the the options and the privilege like to be able to make choices it was already like quite a you know I took like the sort of like scenic route, so I want to find a way to like to help um people to help people who don't have the who didn't who don't have those options to like un- help them understand that like or at least say you know what the arts is like a viable thing that you can do that can help you 
And so something that I want to do is like, is bring the arts to them and make them understand that like arts is something, is like a viable option in, in life because we've just, I think growing up in like this sort of, again, semi-conservative, because I don't think South Africa is that conservative, but the semi-conservative space where you're sort of told that, you know, you have to become a lawyer, you have to become a teacher, you have to do these things in order to be able to um, sort of like survive when actually people are making it um, in the arts. Like now we are finding um, finding ways to make it um, to make it a thing that you can you can live on. So I hope to do that. Um, yeah, I, and also like partly because I've been teaching at universities. I've been you know throughout my career um, in the US. I I I was into like this the school space somehow and bring and bring theater and and design to them. Yeah. No, that's great. I, I think um, you said earlier that there's a lot of similarities between South Africa and America from a, a race perspective and similar issues, but there's probably a lot of differences in the arts industry between America that's a very established industry, and here I am making huge assumptions. So just tell us a little bit about the arts industry in South Africa and also is there diversity there? Is there representation? Is it as... Is it, is it more of a balance? Is it less of a balance? What's it like? Yeah, so it's interesting, right? Because South Africa is a majority black country, right? Versus the US where being black is, yeah, you're a minority, right? There's that difference, but then it doesn't, you would think it would translate differently, right? But no, the, the, unfortunately, the, the sort of, yeah, the economic power is still ha- held in the hands of like of the of the minority like which is white people so it does like create for an interesting dynamic in spaces i do i mean i do think they yeah there's uh, black people um black people and um other races because we actually as much as like black people are the minority in in south africa we do have black indian and another race group called um colored which is sort of um, defined as being um, a sort of sort of mixed race, um, yeah, race group. I, I yeah, I can't qu- uh, quite um, explain it, but they're considered a a different ra- um, racial group to to black. So, um, so I feel like yeah, the art spaces that I've been seeing, there is like there, there is diversity. It's like from a theater perspective, there's diversity happening there. Um, and I think also like from the film perspective, I mean, if you look at the the Netflix productions that have been coming out, there are actually a lot of um, black stories. I saw. I actually watched like an, an Indian film not, um, not so long ago that was on the Netflix um, platform. So I think there is diversity there, but. I do know that, like, they, I've, I've been seeing actors posting here in South Africa um, talking about how they actually don't get the, they don't get residuals. So they, like, they get paid to do the production, to do the film, um, to do the TV show, but then that's it. Like, afterwards, they're sort of on their own. So it, it, from an economic perspective, from a financial perspective, I think that, like, needs to change. But again, similarly, I think in the U.S., you know, as designers, I know we're fighting for what we consider a living wage. So I think that like is, is, is similar um, here that like you are just hoping that people will understand that you are sort of making some sort of contribution to society. Therefore, you also need to get paid properly and eat and pay your rent or your mortgage or whatever. And then I think also there seems to be like a little bit like more of like funding things coming out. But I think we, we have we have like a minister of arts and culture 
that people were also recently boycotting because during the the, um, the lockdown, people weren't seeing the funding or the money that was supposed to come and help them support them through that um, through that time, right? Because again, we all, no one no one could work. So there's so there is like. And so, and I, I think it is, it's complex because actually our Minister of Arts and Culture is like our Minister of Sports, Arts and Culture. It's like too many portfolios and not necessarily somebody who actually cares or is interested in the arts or knows about it, you know, things like that, like could, could change. But I, but I'm, I'm seeing, I mean, I see my friends doing some, some amazing work and, and things like that, but I think like the funding perspective of things could like definitely, um, definitely be better. I also can't speak from, you know, I haven't really, I haven't really actually worked um, in theater here in South Africa. So I'm, so I can't, I'm, I, I can't speak on like the actual dynamics within, within the spaces to say that like, oh, the art, you know, it's actually still like the artistic directors are like white and, um, you know, the, the spaces, I, I'm, I'm not sure about like those dynamics versus like in the States where, you know, the the people the people in control are are not it's not representative it's not diverse and things like that but I can imagine that like if all other industries here in South Africa are still you know are, are still not diverse enough that like probably the the theatre space is is like struggling from maybe the more higher up or from the power perspective yeah yeah we were talking about the diversity in the industry but also just comparing america to um south africa and what the differences were so if we move on to uh mabu for nine is what is that tell us about mabu for nine so um it's my clothing brand mabu being the name of my mother um my mom my mom's first name it means mother of the soil and then four nine is the year that my father was born giving away his age um but yeah just a combination of the two of them since i'm a combination of the two of them i launched it i entered the l new talent south africa there used to be this competition called the l new talent that was run by l south africa um so i entered that in 2010 i was one of the 10 finalists that then were allowed to show at south african fashion week so launched it um through that platform and then the following year, they also invited us back to showcase again. So I did, um, yeah, I did a collection in 2011. Then what happened? Oh, then I started working and then, um, and then I moved to the U.S. And so it was, I put it like on hold for a little bit. And then I was invited to showcase at Vancouver Fashion Week in 2019. Um, so I thought, okay, this is my opportunity to relaunch and also like launch in the um, North American space. Um, so I showcased then. But I have also like realized how not realized. I think I've always I've known that in the, in the in the ten years or so of of doing this, how difficult it is actually to to run a a clothing label as or just like just try and be like one person running a business um, in itself. So it hasn't like really I haven't made like much of a profit from it. But just it's been like more of like a creative another creative outlet um, for me since that's where I started my interest started in in fashion and so I still sort of um keep it alive I'm hoping to do something else at least in the with it um this year I don't know if I'll have the opportunity but it's yeah but I but I enjoy I just enjoy fashion as a also just like I can't let go of of one you know I enjoy costume design um from from that like sort of storytelling um, perspective and collaborative space because you get to work with other people but I also enjoy 
fashion, although you're doing it pretty much alone from this like point of like sort of like creating from nothing. So we'll see. Hopefully I'll have something in 2022 to, to talk about in, with regards to the clothing label. That's nice. I just see uh, no, fashion as a way of telling stories, though. I was just having this conversation yesterday with someone else. I was like, I always try to at least not tell the story I don't want to tell with what I'm wearing and with what I'm surrounding me- myself with. Like, I can't know all the cultural bra- background from and everyone else, but I will try at least to not pass the wrong message. The, that's interesting, though, because that's, yeah, that's all I ever do. Like, I I read people from, in terms of from what they're, they're wearing. I did, I did it to my therapist the other day, which, which was interesting because and he said to me, wow, I, I actually think I take it for granted um, what you do because he was just... It was just d- different to how I'm, I'm used to him seeing. I'm used to seeing him dressed, um, and this is all virtual, right? So it's like been the last. I haven't seen him in a yeah, in like a year and a bit. In oh yeah, just yeah, year and a bit in, in person. So I'm looking at him in this box, but then this one day he was just just dressed so differently, and all of a sudden it made me think, rethink how old I thought he was. And I also said to him, you know, like had I met you in Brooklyn dressed like this, we probably would be. <laughs> hanging out because he was just not he was just like not dressed in like normal workwear and so I also and but also in that moment I realized that I uh, I, like I unconsciously do it like I am looking for like clues even outside of like the workspace looking for clues on what on what each item or like just one thing might like signify that might tell me about you (laughs) like actually sounds I hope it's not like too creepy but I don't know like I just sometimes yeah I'm just like oh that those earrings, that's interesting. Those, yeah, that or that like one detail, like why that necklace, you know, or that tattoo, like why there, why that, yeah. So, but yeah, like I think, yeah. So you're you're right. Like it's actually, it's it's just because I guess it's so it's just like such the obvious thing that like as a costume designer, you're you're doing it, you're doing it to contribute to the story. But fashion, obviously, also like that's that yeah, fashion like contributes to that story of that individual and then also that so when I'm doing my research in any case I, you know I do look do um, I, and if, you know from whatever perspective whether it's a period play I am also still looking to like what were the fashion trends maybe of that of that time so they kind of do go hand in hand yeah I think by the very nature of creative people is that inquisitiveness of life around them right so when you start to see the world from a design perspective that you, that's not a tap you can turn off. You just it's it floods into all of your experiences of life, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> so tell us what you would say is the what's the thing you like most about your job? I l- like hanging out with people. I'm actually like very introverted, and I I love uh, being alone. And I and it's it's funny, and I realize that it's like it's something that's how it is for for my brother and I that. You know, I have I have an older brother, and we're really close. It's, you know, we yeah, it's like you know, obviously my first best friend. But I realized that we both actually also just like our space. We like being separate, separate. You know, in whatever whatever situation. Um, and so like the the lockdown was actually, you know, obviously it's horrible. We're going through a pandemic, but it it was actually like a great opportunity for me to just like be alone and not have to like, go out and see people. But at the same time, what I do love about being in theater is the conversation with people. It's the creative conversation. It's the the bouncing off of ideas with other people. And also, 
there's something different around being in a in creative jobs versus like um, a corporate space, right? Like I, there's a lot of a lot of like other boundaries that have to be that like happen in corporate spaces where I, I don't know how often like people actually like form friendships, but I think over the course of like working on a in a production or like in theater or in film, you sort of feel like you become family with with these people that you you're working with. So yeah, you like gain like you just like with every project, I feel like you gain. Yeah, you just gain, you can gain new friends if, it's, if it all works out. Because sometimes, obviously, it's just like, okay, we're just going to do the job. I don't, I don't actually have to see you again. But I think, like, for me, the when the team is, when you do, like, just gel as a team and um, and all of that, like, that's that's really awesome. Like So, like, I think if you, the actors, the director, and the creative team, like, have, like, this, this really, like, great chemistry, and even if, like, the, the rest of the environment, you know, whether like maybe you're at a, a theater in a in a theater that like isn't the greatest, like that just keeps it sort of like keeps the keeps the project going, keeps the energy going, um, and allows you to create like something really, really great and beautiful. So yeah, I think it's it's definitely um I think the best part for me is definitely like the the people that you meet and also like if that like that sort of you are working with somebody for the first time right because you're not always working with the same people all the time and so that like that sort of instinctual like chemistry that like just happens when when um when you start working together it's just it's it's really exciting so that's like one of the yeah so that's definitely one of the the coolest things that I love I mean obviously enjoy I love drawing yeah I, I don't do it as much just from like a leisure perspective I don't know why but um but I really do enjoy drawing drawing for for the work for um yeah when I have to sketch whether it's sketching fa- fashion or sketching costumes so even when it doesn't really require me to sketch I really do just like want to sketch and like just find like new ways of of communicating costume illustrations so I love that part too well actually pretty, I love all of it because I also love the research, <laughs> the research, the research phase. Um, because and I think because it's not always just like you're not just looking at like images, right? So it's like it's like really like learning about that world, and so learning something, learning and deep diving into into something that you just didn't know before is is super exciting. Or like and then or like the discovery of like that that research image that like now you have to like go and be a detective to find out more information about so yeah that all that all really excites me and i think i'll stop there because i might just come keep keep going because i clearly clearly love it and i clearly miss it didn't realize it but i do yeah i think we're all there with you <laughs> we like it we miss it when we don't do it <laughs> what would you if if you could change one thing about the industry or the way we do things what would you change i think from uh, i don't know about everywhere else i guess maybe you can tell me about the other countries but i think south africa and the u.s the the living wage thing i think like so sort of i think i think the u.s values the arts a little bit more than maybe we do here in in south africa but i still but i think still like not enough to understand that like that we we do make a contribution right and then understand that with that contribution we then we also need to live right we need to we also need to eat and we also need to pay our rent so i think definitely that's um that's one of the things that would would be great and so that like there is this understanding you know like i said in terms of how my upbringing was was that it wasn't it wasn't considered a viable option it wasn't considered like a a proper proper job if we were making 
not, not, you know, like a pretty decent living, all of us, right? And because obviously, if you reach a certain level in your life, if you're working on Broadway, if you're working in film, you, um, if you're working in like Hollywood or whatever, you're, you're good. But there's also like, there's also the rest of us who are still contributing to like off Broadway or like to the South African market to, you know, um, it would be nice for people to like really just, yeah, get that we are making some, you know, we are entertaining people, we are educating people, we are doing some kind of job that like requires um, some decent pay. This part is interesting because, you know, I I, I got caught up in in like, live, when living in the in US and living in New York, the 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 sort of that rat race. I don't think exists so much in the other states. Like when I go and work at other theaters in other parts of the country, but they're also trying to. They, they are doing work to change this, like the sort of 10 out of 12 hours and stuff. But I think, but more so like this, this notion of that the busier you are, the constant like, oh, I work 24-7 and I don't sleep and I'm like constantly on the hustle. Um, if that idea could change and, you know, what, what country is it that I was reading about that's introduced this four-day work week <laughs> and this has been successful? You know, if we could also like just get into that, that idea in theater that, yeah, that like we we how can we get to a point where we do the best work that we can uh, without the the sort of like crazy like hours and and things like that because then I think about like twenty 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 at the beginning of the year um, just before lockdown hit I was actually thinking to myself I don't know if I'm going to make it through my next production because I was just so like burnt out and tired but at the same time you know I sort of. In, in in 2019, I kind of like relished in that idea. You know, I was doing Vancouver Fashion Week teaching and doing like multiple productions at, at the same time. And, you know, for, it was like this achievement for myself because I did this all, you know, I, it was me by myself running around doing all of these things and I uh, thought this was great, but no. But then by the time the summer hit, I was burnt out again. So <laughs> it's like, how do we get to a sort of productive like work level without killing ourselves? would also be great in this industry. I do think that circles back to living wages. Exactly. It, all hand in hand. Like, just ba basically, how do we just create, like, a, an environment that um, it serves us best to produce, like, the best work, like, the healthiest, like, situation? And, it, it, again, it's, like, it's, again, it's, it's just a conversation that's clearly, like, permeating everywhere, I think, because, you know, like, I'm Naomi Osaka now saying, hey, you know, my mental health is important. Or oh, even Serena. Serena stepped down from like Wimbledon, right? I think, you know, so clearly it's just like, it's it's an important conversation with everybody, which lockdown clearly, I mean, which the pandemic rather like did to us is just to say, um, you know what? Um, yes, you're, you can do it. You're capable of doing it. But is it necessarily like the healthiest um, thing for yourself? And, you know, like I, I would, I also would like to, there were just times where I just, did not know what a, a weekend was, you know, some of, you know, whereas, you know, my friends who have, who had like corporate nine to fives could do some interesting things on weekends. Um, I didn't always have that opportunity, let alone like even building in travel. You know, I think about one of my closer um, friends who's a lighting designer out um, in, in the U.S. and, she, you know, hasn't, I don't think she's been home in in three years, you know, back to her home country. And I, I, I had to consciously make a choice. I think, what year was it? I can't remember. But I consciously had to make a choice to say, okay, I'm booking my flight tickets now. And when job offers come in, 
as great as they are, I have made a decision that like I'm going home at this time to see my family. Like no, yeah, no work is is that is that can be can be that important or or take that kind of priority. So yeah, just basically just a, a healthy healthy environment that serves serves us all. <laughs> And that's particularly hard when you're freelance too, right? Because you're always trying to, do I take the job? Will the next one come around? Do I say, no, I should take the money while I can, you know? I think, you know, even after however long I've been in the industry, I still ask myself those questions and it's, uh, there's no easy answer. Um, it, it'd be nice if all of our jobs stacked neatly one after the other, but it just never happens like that. <laughs> so tell us, Tell us where um, the audience can see your work, our listeners. Um, how can they find you if they want to look you up or see some of your designs? So I have two websites, one for my costume, well, for, actually, it's like all of my work, right? So it's my, it's my design work, and that is uh, www.fuzunina.com, being my middle name, F for Friday, U-Z-U. N-I-N-A. My fashion work can be seen at www.mabu, the number four, and the word nine, dot com. I hope that I will have some some projects coming out um, this year. I mean, I, I, oh yeah, I actually do. So Steppenwolf, yes. Uh, there's a play that I did with, um, with uh, the WP Theater in New York. That was a co-production with um, Baltimore Center Stage. That was actually like one of the last projects I did just before we went into lockdown, um, and so now that's um, I think that's on the I think that's currently still on the Steppenwolf um, online platform, Steppenwolf Theatre platform. Yeah, and then hopefully, yeah, I'll have just keep my other stuff to myself so that I make sure that they happen. But hopefully, um, yeah, I'll be able to share some more stuff um, by the end of by the end of the the, the year. Um, yeah, just currently, just yeah, doing some some of my own uh, just uh, personal projects to try and keep myself um, creative and waiting to get back to the US. Yeah, because the job offers are coming in, but I can't I can't take them right now because I'm still here in South Africa. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very much for your time and sharing with us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is really fun. Yeah, we've really enjoyed it. Thank you. We would love to hear from you, our listeners, on who you would like us to feature on this podcast or what topics fascinate you. There's a link in our podcast description where you can send us your podcast requests and guest nominations. Theatre Art Life provides regular monthly webinars and podcasts for free, and if you have the means, donations can be made via a link in the podcast description. We would be thankful for any support you can give us. You can learn more about Theatre Art Life, the global media site for entertainment, at www.theatreartlife.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms. We want to thank David Zare for composing the music for our podcast. We are your hosts, Anna and Anna, and this is the Theatre Art Life podcast. Thanks for listening.